Good morning, ladies. It's wonderful to see you packed house here. Okay, so um, I want to welcome all of you. Welcome um, to our new ladies. And um, it's going to be a great study in Ruth. So I have some things on the board. Sorry uh, to the Zoom people, can't see it. It's backwards, but um, just the verses that I will, scripture that I will be introducing. Some of it I will read and some of it I won't, but I wanted it there for you to just have an extra um, look at it and you can research it on your own, some of the verses. I got the idea from Melissa. She had a, was very helpful to do that. So, okay, this morning we're going to begin an exciting five-week journey into the study of the book of Ruth. In this introduction is my hope to give you some historical background of Ruth and whet your appetite for the whole Old Testament as well as the book of Ruth. As we study the Old Testament, we see the thread of Jesus the Messiah, God's perfect plan of redemption from Genesis to Revelation. Um, have you heard the saying, the New Testament is in the Old Concealed, the Old Testament is in the New Revealed? That's really something to meditate on. While many women of importance are mentioned in scripture, Ruth is the only one of two books of the Bible named after women. So who knows who the other one is? Yes, yes. Very good. Ruth is among the historical book section of the Old Testament. It's placed between Judges and 1 Samuel. Ruth is the only book in the Old Testament named after a non-Jewish person. And it's the only book named after an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Now, um, you could um, consider Song of Solomon, but in a lot of Bible versions, it's um, called the Song of Songs. So there you go. Ruth is a story of God's providence that means that God takes natural events, ordinary people, and works supernatural outcomes. One scripture that comes to mind when I think about the story of Ruth is Romans 8.28 which says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. The key people in this story are Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. The story of Ruth is the world's miracle story. We will see how the Lord intervened to preserve Naomi's family line, ensuring God's mission to rescue the world through the Messiah. While the book of Ruth is only 85 verses, and in four chapters, it's full of mega themes. Two key, key things that I'm going to mention are first, kindness. Ruth's name in the Hebrew origin means friend, friendship, or compassionate friend. She was devoted to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and became devoted to Naomi's God. Boaz, being their kinsman redeemer, showed much kindness not unlike God who shows us grace and kindness in the midst of difficult circumstances. A second theme is redemption. Ruth and Naomi's desperate condition changes for the better when Boaz agrees to be their kinsman redeemer. Ultimate redemption comes through their lineage in Jesus. Also, God's redemptive plan extends beyond the Jews to Gentiles. This story demonstrates what Paul says in Galatians 3, 28 and 29. There is neither Jew or Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. 
From the union of Ruth and Boaz will descend King David, and from David will descend Christ, the King of Kings. God loves to make use of unlikely instruments to accomplish his grand designs. As mentioned, Ruth was not an Israelite. Her identity as a Moabite is very significant. She worshipped Moabite gods. The Moabite nation was the result of the incestuous relationship between Abraham's nephew Lot and Lot's older daughter. This occurred after God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. This account is in Genesis 19, 30-37, which reads, Now Lot went up out of Zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus, both daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. End of scripture. The Moabite people were therefore related to Israel. This is why Israel, as they prepared to go into the promised land, the Lord commanded them not to go into battle with Moab. So I have a side note here. Um, We often hear from the secular crowd that the Bible should not be acceptable literature for children because of accounts like this. And accounts like this often make us feel a little uncomfortable, right? But taking from a teacher of Donald Barnhouse, I'm I'm paraphrasing what he explained. He says, it is far better that our children read about these issues in the Bible, where it is always presented as sin, it's always condemned, and consequences result, negative consequences. So there you go, you some apologetics. All right, so the Moabites were excluded from the temple, and Israel was not to seek Moab's peace and prosperity. Deuteronomy 23, three to six says, no Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. None of them may enter the assembly of the Lord forever because they do not meet with you, meet you with bread and water on the way when you came out of Egypt. And because they hired against you, Balaam, the son of Baor from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. But the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. Instead, the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you. Because the Lord your God loved you, and you shall not seek their peace and their prosperity all your days forever. So this account is found in Numbers um, chapters 22 to 25. It's kind of interesting because I'm going through the Bible chronologically this year, and that's exactly what I read yesterday, that whole story. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Um. So, um, 
So the Jews encountered opposition from Balak. The king, Balak was the king of Moab, um, and the opposition was through Balaam, who was a false prophet. So the Moabites' main god was Chemosh. This god required blood sacrifice as part of their worship, often human sacrifice and, sacrifice, and often these were children they sacrificed. Does this sound like anything in the United States today? For 18 years, Moab oppressed Israel during the time of the judges. You can read about this in Judges chapter 3. Paul defeated the Moabites, but David seemed to enjoy a peaceful relationship with them. God cursed Moab because of, his because, because of its opposition to Israel and its idolatrous worship of Chemosh. Again, you can do further research on this in Isaiah 15 and 16, Jeremiah 48, Ezekiel 25, 8 to 11, and Amos 2, 1 to 3. Ruth's in-laws, Naomi and Elimelech, moved from Bethlehem to Moab during a famine. In marrying Ruth, Naomi's son sinned against the Mosaic law, which prohibited any association with the Moabites. Consequently, Ruth's ethnic identity is what makes Boaz's redemption of Ruth so significant and amazing. Despite her background, because of her loyalty and faith, Ruth is a classic example of how an individual outside of covenant community becomes a member of the people of God by faith alone. Now, Ruth is one of the only five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. You can find this genealogy in Matthew 1, 1 to 16. And Boaz, her faithful kinsman redeemer, was born of a former prostitute, Rahab. Her exciting story of redemption is found in the book of Joshua, chapters 2 and 6. Rahab is remembered for her faith. She rose above her dire situation through trust in God. Can we do the same? So the book of Ruth is much more than a simple love story or a book to satisfy the feminists. It has much to teach us about our own Christian experience and has long uh, has living relevance for all of time. We realize that there is no point in our lives that God is not present and working things, all things together for our good. It's a fascinating story of how God uses ordinary people like you and me for his glory and how an outsider, Ruth, a Moabite girl, becomes an insider and finds significance in God's story. We see how God turns Elimelech's disobedience and faith fateful decision to major good. And we see how God turns Naomi's bitter heart to one full of worship and joy. The story of Ruth occurs in a dark time in Israel's history. It was during the rule of the judges, which lasted about 400 years. And when people lived to please themselves and not God, Judges 17.6 says, in these days, Israel had no king and everyone did as they saw fit in their own eyes. Does it sound like today? Mm -hmm. It was a time of disobedience, idolatry, violence, and general chaos in the spiritual life of God's people. Historians place Ruth's story towards the end of the period of the judges from 1131 to 1109 BC. The story of Ruth covers 11 to 12 years. 
During the bleakest time, God was doing the brightest things. The book opens with famine and funerals and closes with a wedding and hope for the future. The author of Ruth is unknown. Some think it was Samuel. However, some evidence suggests that it was written after his death in 1012 BC. David's reign as king began in 1002, but David was actually anointed by Samuel in 1019 BC. The author was writing to the Jewish people during the time of David's reign. The audience was familiar with David, yet lacked the background of his family's lineage beside, aside from his father, Jesse. So these Old Testament years can get confusing, right? Remember, in B.C., the years start at 2200 and count down to A.D. 1. A.D. means in the year of the Lord, and Jesus' estimated birth was in 2 B.C. So Ruth is a story of God's grace in the midst of difficult circumstances. Even in times of crisis and deepest despair, there are those who follow God and allow God to work through them. No matter how discouraging or antagonistic the world may seem, there will always be a remnant of people who follow God. I get a deep sense of this when I read the Voice of the Martyrs magazine and hear stories of the saints in China, Iran, Eritrea, and many other countries in Asia, Africa, and South America who endure severe persecution, rejection from family, and many years of imprisonment and even death. When they meet in a setting like this, they have to fear, they trust in the Lord, but it's a fearful time that soldiers or enemies can come in at any time. God will use anyone who's open to him to achieve his purposes. Ruth, a Moabite, Boaz, the son of a prostitute, nevertheless, their offspring continued the family line through which the Messiah came into the world. So be encouraged. God is at work in our world and wants to use you. What a privilege. So we'll end in some prayer. Okay. Dear Lord, we praise you this morning for history is your story. And you are sovereign over all history. Thank you for that. We thank you that you desire, your desire is to use each one of us in your story to build your kingdom. Pour out your grace and mercy over us, Lord, that we would desire to be your obedient servants. As we study Ruth over these next five weeks, may we be open to the lessons that you have for our lives. Give us the wisdom that we need to live for you. Help us to remember that you are always with us in the joys and the hardships of our lives. Working all things out for your glory and our good. Thank you for your loving care and kindness toward us. We thank you for your perfect plan of redemption that extends to us that we are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to your promises, and you have accepted those of us in Jesus Christ, as your children. Bless these ladies here today with great abundance in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.